We are the Borg. Lower your shields and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Hello there, viewers. Welcome back to the Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast for yet another episode in this second season dealing with the Borg and advanced AI. Uh, we are dealing with the Borg and specifically with Seven of Nine again this week after the last episode dealt with Stardust City Rag. We're going a bit backwards, weirdly, but <laughs> we are we are going from Picard to Voyager. Um, and as per usual, I'm joined by a very special guest and another returning guest, uh, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all now. <laughs> Yay, I'm back. I'm Linda. <laughs> Linda's back. Yeah. Welcome back, Linda Butler, who joined me for a, um, a Lower Decks review early in uh, Series 1. So it's been a while, but uh, looking forward to yeah. reviewing a, a longer length, uh, more serious episode of Trek with you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. awesome. You've had uh, quite a busy uh, last couple of days at time of recording as well, yeah? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yesterday was Dublin Comic Con and it was the first one in years or two and a half or oh, whatever wow. whatever it is yeah so yeah we had March 2020 booked and we were all excited and ready to go and up to the week of it we were still planning to go even though you know COVID was kind of taken over we were like oh, never. you know it'll be fine you know it'll be crowded yeah no it, it, it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my we were, we thinks were, it is 2020 I think. <laughs> yeah exactly so we, we were just happy to to go to something that we have a ticket for you know like way mm. we weren't we didn't really care about the guests we were just like we're going to something <laughs> i remember how excited i was just to get back at the cinema <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, i'm out of the house Ooh. <laughs> I, I know look at me doing stuff <laughs> i can be social i never yeah. could before but you know so did you have a good time at the dublin comic-con anyway Yes, it was great to see all the cosplayers back. You know, I, I, I didn't stress myself out doing anything crazy cosplay-wise. Um, I just wore a simple uh, um, kind of a stealth reference to Assassin's Creed that not nobody <laughs> recognized, so that was okay. I, I knew what enough. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one of your videos from the event, and I noticed that your two little ones have taste. They were dressed as Spider-Man and Superman, so they got yeah. my vote because those are my two faves. <laughs> yeah, and then my, my eldest was actually, you know, he was very specific, he was based on Lego Peter Parker from uh, Far From Home. And he wasn't based on the movie version, but the Lego version, which was a tiny <laughs> bit different. That is, that is some quality level of geekery that they've already started with there. Like, I know, I know. Not, not the video, not the movie, but the tie-in well, game. <laughs> exactly, tie-in, toy, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Well, uh, so you're all rested and ready to start talking some Trek with us today then anyway. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say rested, but yeah, let's go with this. <laughs> Well, let's get going. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> uh, so just in case uh, we have any new listeners, um, this uh, podcast does break down into sections. Uh, we'll hit them as we, as we go and get to them. So don't worry if you feel lost. It's it's fairly self-explanatory. Uh, and Linda knows already what to expect because she's been here before. So <laughs> uh, without <laughs> any further ado, I will jump into section number one. And that's the section that I call Healing Frequencies Open. Healing Frequencies Open, sir. Excuse me. So what this was basically in the first series, it was basically a, an opportunity to get to know some of my guests and, and know some of their favorite things in the Trek world as, as a kind of um, icebreaker. But obviously, we've already done that. So mm. for any returning guests this season, I'm having to find a new 
sort of question to just drop on them that they may not be prepared for. Um, so apologies in advance if that is you, Linda, and you're freaked out by this. But rather than okay. asking your kind of um, what we did in the last time, we asked your top Trek episodes and uh, and things like that. So what I was okay. going to do this time is to ask you what would be your three favorite or best characters from anywhere in the Trek franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, data. Oh, uh, yeah, hasn't come up is. yet, and I'm surprised about that actually. Really, really, yeah, oh, really. God. Uh, seven, and I'm I'm not just saying that because it was a seven episode. I've, <laughs> I've, I I think I've probably based my personality in my twenties and thirties on seven. I'm just <laughs> I'm just like it's not good. You know, I don't. No, no, no. I'm like <laughs> she's kind of semi Vulcan. You know, just mm. I, why am I bothering with this crap? You know, I, oh, this is irrelevant. <laughs> this is irrelevant. This is, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, as, so, as we'll get into, I'm sure on the uh, the episode, it very much does start off with, "What are you doing this for?" This is I know, yeah, what, <laughs> art smart. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, that's two. Did you? Is it three? I have to three, please. Yeah, and then just three? some okay. reasons why, if you don't mind. No, <laughs> and data and seven are basically the same. I'm so disappointed in myself, but I won't say Spock because that would just be like <laughs> the three most similar characters. Um, if you pick go. Odo instead, I'm just going to take issue with that because they are the same. <laughs> Just all the way through. Oh my god. Um <laughs> oh no. Uh oh crap. I haven't this is unfair of you because I'm even though there's like hundreds of characters, I'm gone blank. But I okay, I'm gonna go with Captain Freeman. Oh the, wow, okay. Uh, what an unusual choice from uh, Lower Deck. Cerritos. Yeah, because she is badass. And she's uh she's funny. I I I like Captain Freeman. That's okay. fair enough. I personally would have went for um, one of the lower decks crew myself, but like, that's fair enough. <laughs> I just love uh, Mariner and Boimler, to be honest. I yeah, no, really. they, they're well, they're obvious choices, but yeah, Captain yeah. Freeman, she's yeah, she. You don't realize how cool the captain she is because you're distracted by the, all the, the terrible ensigns that are bad at their jobs. Yeah. That's fair enough. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, she is part of the kind of legacy of, of Star Trek captains, you know, yeah, animated yeah. or not. So why not? Yep. Awesome. That's fair enough. Um, that's, that's some good reasoning then. So, is there any deeper reasons why you've picked those characters, or just that they they represent your kind of lack of uh, wanting to socialize or things? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. Um, yeah. Well, no, you, 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 we, we do joke, but yeah, no. Data was was a real savior. You know, when I, 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 I had. I was a loner teenager. A data came along. I was like, "Yeah, I would hang out with him, and we would both be loners <laughs> together." <laughs> Even though it makes no sense. Yeah. So yeah, yeah they, they they speak to me. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I've always been the same, and I I think I would probably pick Spock amongst mine for similar reasons that I've always. Yeah. When I was younger, I did kind of feel like a little bit of an outsider and a little bit of yeah. uh, struggling to uh, to fit in with this kind of the emotions of people and understand them. I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Which, uh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And even to this day, I. I channel, you know, my my inner Vulcan, and I just try yes, to of course. be a Vulcan. Yeah, <laughs> suppress all those emotions. Don't <laughs> don't deal with anything. Just suppress it. <laughs> Again, not the healthiest thing to do, perhaps. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh well, fair enough. That's pretty cool. And that's uh, that's three fairly succinct characters, even though two of them are more or less the same person. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Captain Freeman, just for being such a badass, as you say, and underappreciated, maybe as well. Yep. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I stand by That's those. Awesome. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, just before I move to the next section, I meant to ask you actually uh, in the introduction, uh, the introductory chat, have you had a chance to watch any of the new season of uh, Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> no, it is unavailable in the Republic of Ireland. So I have not I seen that. That was uh, so 
made me so mad when I heard that. But not just you guys, of course, because yeah. there's various other places. But I was like, oh, oh yeah, the whole yeah, some some countries. So yeah, usually things are are UK and Ireland because we're the same mm. kind of region. We're English speaking Western Europe, but um, yeah, Ireland has been cast aside. We don't have that Pluto app thing unavailable yeah. in our yeah. So. Nope, if you're listening, it. Paramount, come on, get your fingers up. Oh. Series is almost over now. Come on. Oh, and and what I'm dreading because uh, Picard is still up on Amazon. We're getting Picard, mm. so Good. I'm just dreading if Picard and Discovery have this big crossover later in the season or something, and I don't understand what's happening. That's well, they've only got two episodes left to do it. If it is, but I I thoroughly doubt yeah. it. I mean, uh, yeah, I yeah. Even, so. yeah, even a reference or oh, I would be so annoyed. But I'm already annoyed. <laughs> yeah, it's understandable. I don't think there's been anything that I can really... Rec- I mean, there is back references and things, but not mm-hmm. like time-sensitive, if you know what I mean. So Yeah, um, that's okay. Because obviously there's references to things in Discovery Season 3 that are, that we know of from yeah. their past, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm skirting around not wanting to hit any spoilers for Season 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not I'm like, oh, that was like eight weeks ago, but also, oh, no, never mind. You still wouldn't have yeah. seen it, so, nope. so never mind. No. <laughs> have you managed to successfully avoid spoilers and stuff until now? Yeah, I, well, I have actually cleared my social media of all all track apart from Twitter. So what I do on Twitter is I just stick to my own page and then I go onto mm. the, the trending page and I just stick with, like, politics and no, current no. affairs <laughs> and that exciting stuff, you know? So I'd rather no, see the spoilers, to be honest. <laughs> I've no, I've no meme content. I've oh, I just feel like a, such an idiot. Just not it's, like I'm. I'm kind of peeking through my fingers sometimes. I go on the homepage. And I'm like, oh, I can't look at this, and I just throw my phone away. It's weird because there hasn't really been that much spoilers of Discovery that I've noticed, and every ever since Picard started yeah. last week, it's all been about that. So nobody's talking about good. Discovery really. So, That's good. Yeah, good, good, good. So, yeah. I do hope you get a chance to see it soon, though, just just so you can judge it for yourself and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I want to see it. I, I can't. I can't bear that there is Star Trek out there that I can't. But just right there. And, Tell and, me and about it. And what's 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 so annoying is that I I have no idea. When or if I will ever be able to see it, like where the hell is this well, Paramount Plus? Well, I know that yeah, I will eventually, but why? Where? What? We don't have a date yet, do we? This is the thing. Yeah. I was discussing this with um, with DK in the last episode, and I said it's frustrating because they kept on saying it was coming, you know, at some point before like spring of this year, and now yeah. they just keep on saying it's delayed and delayed. And I was like, we've got oh. nowhere to watch Strange New Worlds, and I'm just going to be so annoyed because they're clearly oh, they're not going to yeah. let it go to Amazon or something. So it's going to be. That's going to be horribly oh. spoiled and everything as well. <laughs> God damn it! Oh. I, well, as long as, as long as I still have lower decks um, on mm. Prime, that, then I'll, I'll yeah. be okay. So you uh, probably haven't seen Prodigy yet either. Then. Nope, Prodigy as well. And my kids, I try not to even mention it because it would make them very sad. They were very excited for that, and I'm I, again, I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> I do think, as I say, I think I mentioned last week. I think I remember seeing somewhere that it was about to debut in the next couple of months on Nickelodeon here. Oh, that is what I'm holding out for. Yeah, Nickelodeon will be class. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely going there because it's they part financed it and it's labeled yeah. as Echo. So I know, yeah. So, the, so it was, yeah. So it was exclusive to Paramount, then delayed release kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely that. annoying that there's a lot of track content at the moment that we can't see, but at least we're able to watch Star Trek Picard. So <laughs> make the most of that. <laughs> yep. <It's laughs> Do you have any quick, uh, preferably spoiler-free as possible thoughts on the first two episodes of Picard then? 
really I am gonna just wait and see what's going on I I oh god um no I'm not gonna get all negative but I'm just gonna wait and see it's are you not a fan so far then I'm I don't like the character of Q anyway oh, so okay. I was I was I was disappointed that they see you know that he's in it but I'll mm. I am an open mind and I'm gonna go with it um Unusual to I, hear that somebody doesn't like you. I think he's a popular character. It's weird. Yeah, okay, I don't know. I haven't met any many people who don't like him, but I, I just don't like him. He's he's just slimy, and I don't um, like watching him on screen. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. That's okay. But he, at least he wasn't in it much. I would, I would say maybe in that case. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm liking this already a lot better than I liked season one, which I just wasn't. Oh really. well, that there is that. Yeah, no, I I do. I think I'm enjoying this a bit better. Um, and yeah, there's some cosplay things popping up that I'm extremely <laughs> interested in so uh, always don't tell me you're going to cosplay the evil ones and stuff they're the best ones <laughs> oh, the evil evil empires have the best fashion taste like come on <laughs> ridiculously oversized combat I don't think so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well that's fair enough but, uh, yeah no I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the answers are going to yeah. be as good as the mystery for this one but yeah, list. exactly. Um, that's fair enough. Well, in that case, I'll move us on then to the next section. Um, mm -hmm. And as you know from the last time, this is called the hit or miss section. What about my yeah. performance? I'm not a drama critic. <laughs> so, yeah, that is basically uh, where I will fire out to my guest uh, this week. If you obviously, Linda, and, uh, random mm -hmm. things, probably about six or seven things at most from the track universe and ask if you think they're a hit or a miss and a little bit of a reason why. And then we can debate back and forth if we disagree, which rarely yeah. happens, but does on occasion. Um, so, yeah, these are just completely random things that I, I wrote down just a big list of about 100 random items before I started recording the series and was like, yeah, I'll just ask about these. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, I tried to fit in a good few that might fit into the kind of Borgen AI theme, but I think I'm running low on them, but you might see a couple that fit that. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, and so the first uh, thing on the list for this week is kind of related to the advanced AI, uh, and it's Vija from Star Trek The Motion Picture. Is it a hit or a miss? Um, now, oh, i probably seen that movie two times ever. Wow, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Is there an in between? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if if you want to, I'm certainly not going to be able to. No, you must decide one way or the other. So yeah, you can you can say middle of the road, maybe. But yeah. I, I will. I will just say hit to be nice. I have no strong feelings. No strong feelings. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, see, I'd personally say it's a bit of a miss. I really like mm. the idea, but it does seem. It's a little bit derivative of the whole nomad that we just talked about a few weeks ago from the episode The Changeling, you know, the merging with an alien probe and then wanting to sterilize Earth and stuff. Mm. So they've kind of done that part before. And you can kind of tell, in, or I can tell, that it's not super developed, the script for the motion picture. So Vija as an idea doesn't get all that well developed. It's just kind of, it's cloaked in vagary and it tries to do that yeah. sci-fi thing of, no, you are not supposed to understand this to get around the fact that it just, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense really, but... Um, yeah. Having said that, I think it's it's a soft miss because I do at least like the reveal at the very end and the whole idea of why it's called Vija and what it actually was and stuff. It was a cool way yeah. of doing that reveal and it was nifty. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, one soft hit and one soft miss. So I think we're both pretty much middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. About that, which is probably what you could say about that film overall in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah. yeah. At least we got Wrath of Garden afterwards anyways. <laughs> That, yeah, that uh, made okay, it, for a lot so of stuff. <laughs> it did. Yeah, I mean, it kickstarted the the movies properly. Yeah. Not that I hate the motion picture; it's not my worst thing ever. But uh, 
yeah. And yeah. the director's cut, it's an improvement if anybody hasn't seen it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nice. okay. <laughs> the <laughs> second thing on the list for today then is the character Chakotay. Would you say he is a hit or a miss? Ooh, I am going to say a miss. Um, yeah, I'm going to say a miss. I, I, God, when I, when I first watched Voyager, we, we were like, oh no, a Chakotay episode. He's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we Ouch. just, we, yeah, we did not enjoy Chakotay episodes. Um, and, you know, if you ever watch an episode of Voyager, he's really just there to, for someone to, Jane, for Janeway to, you know, fire the, the exposi- <laughs> exposition. You know, oh, he's an exposition type. You know, but but how are you going to do that, Captain? And Janeway, you know, like he's just a yes, ma'am. Like he, he doesn't have much to do. And then the Chakotay episodes are bad. They're bad episodes. The boxing one. The, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, oh, I was just trying. To, the only one that that sprung to my mind was the episode Nemesis, and I was going to be like, "Well, that's a really good episode." But I was like, "That is literally the only Chakotay episode that I can think of that was good." And you mentioned the fight, and that is one of the worst episodes yeah. of any Trek ever. Oh <laughs> God! Yeah. Even like maneuvers and stuff is kind of boring. And anytime it got into yeah. like it, just when it tried to delve into the st- deeply stereotypical, like I am native heritage, here is your spirit animal, and like, I, oh. I, I won't even go into that with the whole um, the, the the guy who they had as a consultant was a fraud, and he, uh, I, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> it's a big question mark for Chakotay. I mean, he's a dodgy character altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's the worst, but I would say the same with you. I would say it's a soft miss because yeah. I don't think I, I don't think Beltran's a terrible actor. I think he did the best he could in a lot of cases. Yeah. And there's some really good scenes that he gets with Janeway when they get to butt heads in like Scorpion, for example. Yeah, or yeah he has his moments. Yeah. Yeah. But as you say, the character as an overall is just very questionable to say the least anyway. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, any character who gets focus episodes and I can only name one in seven seasons that was good is not mm. going to be a great character, unfortunately. We're going to yep. get savaged by all the Janeway Chakotay shippers for this one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. No, <laughs> I, I do not ship. I do not ship. <laughs> no, me neither. I've never really been that fussed about Janeway and Chakotay, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Never mind. Seeing that, I, would, I mean, I would prefer them to Chakotay and Seven, which did come out of absolutely Oh, nowhere. God, yeah. That came out of nowhere. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After he spent three years of like, she'll never change. We should just kill her. <laughs> then, <laughs> Yeah. Basically, but no, 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 no maybe, it's, maybe it's fine now she's dating me, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, uh, this is different now she fancies me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> I'll move to the next thing. It might be slightly less controversial. We shall see. <laughs> um, and the next thing on my list is the dots, the little advanced robots. Um, and I can't remember oh. the number, but specifically the ones from season three onwards that are like dot 29. Oh, dot seven and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this, is, this is Discovery, is it? Yes. Yeah, uh, no, they're a miss. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, they kind of came out of nowhere as well, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, um, oh, let's let's invent something cool right now that we've never seen. Okay, no, that's that's just everything discovery. I can't I can't say that. But what I mean is, <laughs> no, I I just it just feels like a. Uh, a suit with a cigar saying, oh, can we not have some little droidy things in this mm. scene? And then they have to invent a whole thing. And 
it's the whole Star Warsization of it, isn't it? Like we yes. need something that could be cute, like R two D two or whatever. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say, but yeah, you were dead right. You're dead right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I noted that a lot about Picard. I said there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things in here which scream to me about an executive seeing make him yeah. like that Han Solo guy or make this like that Star Wars yeah. cantina. And yeah, like, no, they're not supposed to be the same thing. <laughs> Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so you're gonna say miss for the for the miss, miss. sorry dots. I would say miss for the dot sevens, which were the very first ones, because it made no sense to have them on like the original Enterprise and stuff because they're way too advanced. Um, but I don't mind the, the ones in the future, considering it's like the 32nd century. And I was like, yeah. if they just held out on having them and then these were a cool new thing that was there when they got to the future, I'd be like, okay, yeah. this makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm going to say soft hit on that level, provided we just mm. don't see them again in like Strange New Worlds and stuff. It's like, they were always here and you just uh. didn't know during Kirk's time and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to shout out as well the, the short trek Ephraim and Dot, which is a cartoon which almost mm. single-handedly sold me on them because it's such a really cool cartoon. <laughs> oh, no, that that's another thing. Is. I've never, yeah, never seen those either. You've never seen it? Oh, that's No, because they're, they're the ones that went to the, straight to Blu-ray for... for yeah, they did. Us. Yeah, so I didn't buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, well, you should. It's very good. <laughs> I know. I, I will. I will. I will. Well, it'll probably be reduced close. by now anyway. At least grab yeah. it on DVD or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it on sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it, yeah. There's, uh, there's a couple of good um, sort of... Strange New Worlds related ones like that you with yeah. the Enterprise crew that are quite good as well on there. And, yeah, uh, I will definitely have a look at some point, uh, but it just bypassed me because it wasn't it wasn't available at the touch of a button. So and it was like, weird that they didn't do that because Netflix put the yeah. first four on as extras and then just didn't yep. bother with the second series of like six or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I get I the feeling Netflix had no idea what was going on. They were like, "What season is this? What what show is this? I don't <laughs> know what this is. I don't want this. It's too weird." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think they also had it just yanked out of out of their hands by Paramount yeah, yeah, yeah. at the last minute. Yeah. So. We yeah. shall see. But uh, anyway, uh, so the next thing on the list then for today is from Lower Decks, quite appropriately for you. <laughs> and, uh, I will, I'm character... already going to say hit. Don't even say what it is. I hit the hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the character of Lieutenant Shax. <laughs> oh, massive hit. He's amazing. Ah, oh, Shax, yes. Big bear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, talk Shax. to me. I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's um, uh, yeah, the angry Bajoran. I love an angry Bajoran because like, Bajorans are so peaceful and you know. <laughs> but he's like, oh, he's bad. He's he's nice. I like him. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. I think I love the character. I love the humor of it. I didn't mm. love the plot they did about like him being killed off and then just coming back a few episodes <laughs> later and never explaining it. I know it was like made the laughs, but no, yeah. I was just like, this is not. It's just no. not funny. <laughs> oh no, more. I I just. Disagree with that. I had thought it messes with my head a little bit too much. I'm like, but how? And yeah, plus I just felt like stupid being fooled because I was convinced that they had killed that character off and was like, yeah, all right, they're introduced, especially when they introduced the uh, what do you call those guys? The the literal the guys from Darmok, they introduced the one of those guys that was, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is the replacement for Shaxx. What are yeah. they called? Tamaranians or something? I forget. Oh, Tamarians. Tamarians, yeah. Tamarians, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> Man, I, I, I swear I do watch Star Trek at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'd say, yeah. Um, I'd say hit, but other than that one little thing, but yeah, that actor and that character are really cool. And they yeah. use them really well. I think um, the one where they, they went and he was doing the pottery class to try and control his anger. It was, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I love awesome. that. Great. Uh, where was it? Two hits in that one, uh, in that case then. Um, mm -hmm. 
the next thing I had on my list, I'm just going to not have to do because you won't have a clue about it, unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Um, gonna... Well, actually, you may, you may be able to chime in on your given your knowledge so far. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and try. So the next thing on my list was Zora from Discovery. Do you think she's a hit or a miss, bearing in the... mind viewers? Okay. Anything to do with season four? <laughs> um, hiss. Hiss. I'm going to say hiss. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was interesting. It's interesting. Because I'm assuming you have seen, uh, what's it called? Calypso, the short track? Calypso, yeah, yeah. That was it. And you'll have seen yeah, season three I, I really Discovery. loved, um, really loved Calypso. It's very good. It's very, like, powerful. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's yeah. hard to figure out where it fits into the timeline, but I almost don't care because it's just really well done short film, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, it's and, lovely. Uh, yeah. Annabelle Wallace is really good as the voice of uh, Zola. Yeah, I was well. literally literally about to say that. Yeah, I loved, loved oh, the voice. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. I know you're liking so far where you think uh, it seems to be going in series three of Discovery with the the, the reintroduction, I suppose, of the, well, or the introduction of that uh, character. I, yeah, oh, yes, season three, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was nice. But but then every time, oh, no, I can't really talk about it too much, but, but every time there's a hint of calling back to Calypso and then they mm. don't do anything with it, I was just, I was getting a bit frustrated. So I, yeah, let's not talk about it anymore, though. <laughs> the thing that kind of bugs me is that they don't, ever since they upgraded Discovery in season three, Calypso yeah. can't really make a lot of sense. And they still yeah, haven't explained yeah. that, by the way. There's no spoiler there. It's just kind yeah. of hanging in the air like, and? You know? Well, that annoys yeah. me. That annoys me. Go back and fix that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they, they must be prepared mm. to do something or explain it in some way, I'm sure, but yeah. whatever and, it but is, everyone's was, kind of headcanoning it. So. There, there was the whole first season of Short Treks where they said, don't worry, they're standalone, they have nothing to do with anything, so it's okay if you don't watch them. And then they mm. literally all of them tied in. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the runaway tied massively into the end of season two. So. <laughs> totally, totally. And yeah. Saru's sister, you know, you would have been yeah, like, yeah, true. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, let's not believe anything that anyone tells us. <laughs> I never believe anything that corporations or actors tell me yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I knew Andrew Garfield was going to be in that Spider-Man film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and no matter how many, how many, like I, I desperately try to avoid the spoilers, and I, you know, I, I had an inkling what was going on when I was when I went to the cinema, mm. but I was still. I was still, you know, I was still a bit choked up when they all. Oh, completely! Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all in the delivery, and... of course, it is. Yeah, but yeah, uh, was, awesome. Uh, yeah, brilliant. That's fair enough. Um, okay, I'll do one more then for today, if that's okay with you, because uh, mm -hmm. it's an episode, and the episode in question, if you can remember it, is the episode "Collective" from Voyager. Would you say that's a hit or a miss? Collective. Which one is that? That is the one where they first encounter the Borg kids that they ended up uh, kind of adopting. Ew. So they're on a cube and there's the um, the one snotty kind of kid who wants to rule them all. And that's obviously they meet like uh, Icheb and Mazotti and yeah. Zan and Rebai and the baby that promptly disappeared the next episode and was never spoken <laughs> of again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember the episode. Uh, I do know. I remember them being introduced and thinking, oh, who are these annoying kids? <laughs> um, I just oh kids and Star Trek. I always go, oh the kids are annoying, oh. and the kids are usually annoying, you know. They speaks a um, caring mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they 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 cast them to be unrealistic. They're not like real children. <laughs> so yeah, Star Trek kid episodes annoy me. Um, I 
yeah, I didn't like the Borg kids. So I'm going to assume that I did not enjoy that episode. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously it hasn't stuck in the memory very well, so probably not. Mm, and if you didn't yeah. like those characters, I mean, it was literally just them, effectively, wasn't it? Yeah, so. but I will say now, I will say it is it is a good idea to um, to go back and, and show us Borg <clears throat> children and yeah. what happens to children. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it was a nice idea, think- nice idea. I think that's why I would say it's a soft hit because I just found I was fascinated mm. by the fact that we'd done so much with Seven of Nine and like, oh, she had this splinter yeah. cell that had disconnected and she tried to reconnect them and it never really yeah. dealt with the fact that she was assimilated as a child. Yeah. Um, so I think I was just intrigued of like, oh yeah, well, let's deal with what is this like for the children mm. that have been taken and what would it be like if they had ended up completely yeah. alone and there's been damage and obviously it was cool kind of reasoning that we find out why in a later episode as well that um, I've talked about yeah. before child's child's play uh yeah the um it turns out that the each of his parents had basically used him like a suicide bomber not cool but yeah um yeah but yeah I thought uh, oh was... and I do I I do remember seven um having to be all maternal um yes which I I, I, I think really that's where it like worked that. for me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a nice development for her character and much yeah. as the uh the main kind of head guy as who was the antagonist was annoying as heck, but I think that was the point because he was supposed yeah. to be the voice that they had to kind of silence, I guess, that was representing the Borg. But um, the only other yeah. bugbear, as I say, is the annoying thing that there was literally a baby in a maturation chamber that they beamed over and made a big deal about the doctor. Like, yeah, yeah I've saved its life. It's amazing. And it was never heard from again. It's like, Did you drop it off somewhere? What, was, what, was, what happened? Oh. <laughs> Poor yeah. baby. I'd love Let's to write a... to this day. Oh, <laughs> we need a spin-off. A spin-off show for that, <laughs> that baby. <laughs> the abandoned Borg baby. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out they just left it on the doorstep of a space station somewhere. Did <laughs> <laughs> off. <laughs> Rang the doorbell. <laughs> beamed away. He's your <laughs> <laughs> oh, Poor baby. Fair enough. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's fair. I mean that was mainly, I think, largely positive with some fair enough criticisms. So mm. that's <laughs> Uh, place to conclude the, the hit or miss section I think and uh, I'll move us on to the bulk of the episode uh, which is the episode review as I said this week it is The Raven uh, from Voyager season 4 and uh, I will begin analysis excuse me um, before I get into kind of initial fast facts and stuff like I happen to do this series about these episodes uh, did you have any initial thoughts or kind of um, remembrances about this episode before you revisited it Linda yeah no it is one of my favorites of Voyager um okay. I love seven episodes she's my well <laughs> I already said she's <laughs> yes <laughs> I already said she's one of my favorite characters but I, I just I love her episodes she's a great actress and she's just completely believable and she's very talented yeah. and I just love seeing her on screen Awesome. Um, yeah, fair enough. So you're obviously liking her in the Picard stuff then that she came back. Yes, I love her. <laughs> she was great in this recent episode uh, where yes, uh, the universe yes, yes. she was never assimilated. And stuff. Very cool. Uh, Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, well, so yeah, I'd say this series, I'm just dealing with uh, starting off with some fast facts about the episode and then seeing if that brings up any talking points. It may or it may not. Um, the first thing that I noticed about this episode, which I hadn't remembered weirdly, was that it was directed by LeVar Burton, which, mm. uh, come on, of course it was great. It was directed by LaForge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, great work in this episode, I will say, though, because there are a lot of directorial touches, I think, that you genuinely notice, uh, yeah. which isn't always the case because the director is supposed to be 
non-invasive, I suppose, in that way. But when you mm-hmm. think he had to direct like the flashback hallucinations and the yeah. Um, okay. the hallucinations of a bird and stuff and, and all of this bizarre trippiness. Like he did a really, really good job with that. So kudos. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, fast fact number two was a little bit of a, a <laughs> quite a lot of information I found out about what the episode was going to be. Um, originally, the idea was very different. Uh, Brian Fuller talking to Star Trek magazine recalled the first draft was called Resurrection and it was all about Seven of Nine being resurrected as a Borg. The aliens de jure abduct her and tweak her and essentially she goes on this mad killing spree the first draft had all these huge chase sequences of the crew trying to get to her before she got to engineering to blow up the warp core until this last final moment where she's crawling towards the core. Taurus had essentially <laughs> blown her legs off and Janeway is saying, stop this while Seven pleads, please kill me. Uh, oh my God. Ulti- yeah, I know. <laughs> it was ultimately decided by the show's writers that this story was soulless and needed to actually be about something rather than just mildless, <laughs> mindless action and turning Seven into some unstoppable Terminator woman. So, <laughs> so Linda, are you good that we didn't get that fantastic sounding episode? That sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to see it, but I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been a better episode, but I definitely want to see that. <laughs> I don't think it would have been super appropriate for a family show by the sounds of it. No. You know? it sounds very no. dark. No. But uh, so, well, I'm yeah. pleased they went into the a bit more character depth than they were, right? It needed to be about something specifically. So what they hit on yeah. was good. <laughs> Excuse me. And that relates to my third fast fact, uh, speaking of which, which is that Brandon Braga had a flash of inspiration for what to, to make this about when he was watching the movie Citizen Kane with the image mm-hmm. and idea of Rosebud replaced by a raven and what that would ultimately be revealed to mean to Seven of Nine. Mm. So we have, yeah. uh, I suppose, obliquely, we've got Orson Welles to thank for actually having a bit of character <laughs> depth. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, and I did like what he did there. Um, I did like that. Because mm. then J- Janeway's realisation moment is like, Rosebud, of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, that's that's fabulous. Because we are a step behind her as the audience until it's revealed. And then yeah. when it is, I was like, that is a really cool reveal yeah. of what that actually meant. So, yeah, awesome. that's cool. Um, fast fact number four was just something that I found out upon uh, reviewing kind of how this episode was received by other people. Uh, and I, it was said that many viewers believed Seven's self-examination in this episode and facing her inherently human nature was too soon in the character's evolution. Brian Fuller agreed that he thought the episode took her a bit far and she was pulled back immediately after that because she became too vulnerable too fast and they thought, oh God, we're blowing it. We have to mine this a little more. Um, Mm. I would say I disagree. I was annoyed by the fact that she never got a chance to actually develop in the time she was on the show. Um, That that After this, they did pull her back and it was completely just, she had to remain stoic and not develop emotionally or... yeah. um, anything in any kind of way so I was I was also really grateful when Picard came and I was like oh thank god she's developed she's yeah. actually you know grown a little bit as a person yeah. yes yeah but uh, I was I was intrigued as a fan of the character if you would have disagree with me and think no no it'd be fair to mind that a bit more or if you'd be a bit more on my side I guess yeah no I I it was let's see season four episode it was episode six of season four so um no I I'm glad we got some um some development there. Um yeah. we needed to yeah, we needed to know her backstory. I, I'm glad we got the backstory. Um I'm glad we got some emotions, some humanity there. Um I don't remember what the, the five episodes well, what the you know, three or four episodes before that. Um, yeah, I do because I watched series four a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <There was> a- <laughs> 
there was a couple of things. I mean, obviously the gift yeah. was the one that was like she was just getting yeah. reassimilated, and that was yeah. in depth. But even then, I mean, the promise of the moment at the end of that episode where it was like the child you spoke of, her favorite color was red. It's like, oh, she's tapping yes. back into her humanity. And the more they stepped away from that, the less I was interested because I was like, you never yeah. do it. <laughs> I know. But then at the same time, you can, you know, it's nice to have Seven. You can always rely on what she's, you know, how she's going to react. She, she, I just, I, I just love the Borg Seven. I love the Borg Seven. And like I said, I, I, I did base myself on Borg Seven. I did, I, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't have been that interested in Annika going full human immediately, you know. I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, yeah, um... yeah. But it the, wasn't super interesting, even in like you know Matrix Zero, for example. Where yeah, she does just yeah. switch to like full human, and it's kind of like all right, a bit too much mm. too soon. But I think if anything, despite the flaws I have with the show, Picard shows you that you can develop her humanity and still have mm. her be fundamentally the same character. It doesn't yeah. have to be a mutually exclusive kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but, uh, and I, I I loved spoiler alert, but I I loved the bit in Picard where she's you know doing a kind of self diagnostic. Oh, that was great! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, because I mean, she is she isn't intelligent. She wouldn't lose her, you know, intelligence mm. and her experience just because she tapped a bit more into some humanity. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I'll get into that when we deal with some things in the episode, I'm sure. But uh, the next thing that I was uh, writing down, and apologies if anybody feels like this is an attack on the episode, it's not. It's just being a nerd. I do like to note the occasional continuity error and things. Mm -hmm. So um, I have noticed a couple of them. The first one that um, there's a reversed stock shot of a Voyager shuttlecraft where the registry mm. number um, is notably reversed in mirror image so that it reads a kind of blurry 65647. <laughs> uh, and it's reused here. It was also used apparently in the episode Maneuvers. Um, but I am going to pop a picture up because I did manage to get a screen grab when I was watching the episode. And yes, uh -huh. it is horribly noticeable <laughs> that now, this image has just been flipped. <laughs> to be fair, in the 90s and noughties, nobody would have noticed everyone's TVs. No, 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 that's... That... You know, probably true. I mean, they did have videos, but it would be hard, I suppose, to get. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they probably, uh, they probably were like, "Let's flip it. No one's gonna notice." So they didn't think we would be, <laughs> you know, zooming in on massive screens in twenty twenty two and go, "Hey, wait a second. It was. I, see, I wasn't expecting to notice it. I was like, "I'm not going to see anything if I don't notice it." But the fact was that I was able to pause it and then took a picture of my mm. TV screen and was like, "Yeah, I feel like I've achieved something. Like I've discovered yeah. a cheat code because I found a mistake." An Easter egg, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, the only other thing is, and this is really nitpicky, but it's just funny to me. According to the Doctor, this episode takes place three weeks after Seven's de-assimilation in the gift. He says it's been three weeks before she has to mm. she has to start eating food. However, later in the episode, Captain Janeway says that Seven of Nine's been living in the cargo bay for two months. Oh, for so, God's sake. A little bit of a discrepancy there. <laughs> We've That's lost what you five get, weeks somewhere. That, that is what you get when you have a team of writers. <laughs> you yeah, need exactly, to be on the yeah. You need to be on the same page, literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. That does sometimes annoy me. I'm still annoyed about the fact that the Enterprise E has just, no one knows how many decks it has. It has 26 <laughs> decks, then it has 24, then it has like 27 yeah. at one point, and it's like, oh, oh God. Oh, Side already. <laughs> yeah. Famous with that one in First Contact, when he says the ball control decks 26 up to 11, and he tells Lily the ship has 24 decks. <laughs> Where are the other two? <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, excuse me. <laughs> so yeah, the next thing I wanted to talk about is something that we've I've discussed at length. So again, apologies if it's annoying because I discussed this a lot during our review of regeneration. But 
obviously this episode and a couple of other things in Voyager offer some continuity problems to the whole question of the Borg. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Initially, no explanation is offered as to how the Hansons got to the Delta Quadrant in a few years, but mm -hmm. I will personally say that is noted in a lot of places where they initially reviewed the episode, but it was answered in Dark Frontier, so that's one continuity thing I yeah. have no issue with because they did answer it. And if you watch the yeah. episode carefully, they do say that her parents were working on advanced stuff and things, so you could probably yeah. have kind of in a way. Um, mm -hmm. So that one I'm not bothered about. But the episode, of course, is the first of several on both Voyager and Enterprise that contradict Q Who, um, mm -hmm. as well as statements made in Death Wish that support that episode by establishing mm -hmm. the Borg were well aware of humans and Starfleet years before Q apparently introduced Picard and crew to them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, Regeneration retroactively established at least some Borg knew humanity earlier, but the Borg Collective would not have this knowledge till the drones returned to Borg space centuries later. <sighs> what a mess this became, really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's a shame because I really love the impact of Q Who, but even within that episode, um, as people have rightly pointed out, they do say it's the Borg are the same people who have been scooping up places in the neutral zone for like a year. So they've been on right. their way anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess I can kind of forget, especially with the, the cleverness, that they, the, the sort of predestination paradox they introduced in Regeneration of like they were on their way because they might have just finally received the signal and... I can get on board with that, but then you throw in, yeah. oh, it turns out they'd assimilated some humans like 20 years beforehand as well, and it just becomes a very... Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's tw so she, um, so it was 20 years ago she was assimilated, so that was 20 years, wasn't it? Didn't she say 20? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. again, this is, it's, it's questionable, it's listed as being in 2250-something, but I did yeah. know that they foolishly in the last episode of Picard gave it a firm date, and said she was assimilated in 2350, which doesn't make mm. a lot of sense. Unfortunately, they really shouldn't have committed to that. But yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we, yeah, yeah. Nit I know. <laughs> I, I do like to nitpick, but it would break your brain. <laughs> <laughs> it does eventually, but yeah. yeah. Again, this this is, it, it's nitpicky, but it's just kind of, I, I suppose it's annoying for the impact it lessens on QHU, but at the same time, that yeah. had already kind of happened. So I just felt like I should bring it up because somebody in the comments or something would be like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't like this plot. <laughs> Because it ruined the Borg or whatever, but it didn't. And it's in <laughs> character, so let it go, you know? Yeah. So yeah, in, in my head canon, as I said during the Regeneration review, Starfleet aren't stupid enough to have just lost all this information after 200 years. So they just kept it secret about the Borg and only told yeah. a few people. And the Hansons weren't scientists. They were secretly spies who were sent to get information about the Borg. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, I mean, he was doing it. It's my head yeah, canon, she... so. Well, she didn't know what they were doing, that they were just doing very important work. She didn't. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> they didn't even tell her. <laughs> Precisely. Um, <laughs> just before I get into the episode then properly, where do you stand on this uh, idea about how bad of a parent uh, or how bad parents they were taking their four-year-old <laughs> along on this mission? Because a lot of people in my uh, social media were not happy with them for this. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, terrible. But But... Did they? Because um, how long did it take them to get to the Delta Quadrant? She was only well. Six. You find out in Dark Frontier it was almost instant because they just basically snuck behind a ball cube too close and got sucked into a transwarp corridor. Uh, so, okay, so they brought her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, yeah, let's okay, let's go examine the most dangerous species we've ever encountered, <laughs> and let's bring our kid for the lulls. Yeah, can, I do remember. Yeah, there's can... there's um there's literally a line in Dark Frontier where the Doctor says that because Janeway's like. The Hansons yeah. were great explorers. They were great people. <laughs> it's like, most great explorers don't take their five-year-old daughter along for the ride. Like, it's true. They were terrible parents when you think about oh, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, totally, totally. I do remember there was one person in my comments that was like, they had no one to leave her with. I was like, and <laughs> find someone. Hire a babysitter for crying out loud. I know, right? <laughs> so you, you wouldn't take your uh, your kids to meet the most deadly, horrible cyborg race in the universe then? I mean, I wouldn't. You know, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> then you're a better parent than Erin Hansen. Yeah, that Erin... From your Borg cube, wherever you are, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and they and they must have had some knowledge that the Borg were actually in the vicinity. They could have put her in some emergency bunker or something. But no, she was just running around the bridge. This is all to do with Dark Frontier, which I should really have reviewed. But yeah, they had they were beaming Borg on board and experimenting on them and stuff, and then beaming them back oh, when they were yeah, finished. That's right. That's right. Like, yeah. Like, don't they were, on the probably like. And yeah, and Annika, <laughs> go go and play in your room for a couple of hours. <laughs> along watching them like oh i wonder what that deadly thing is that looks horrible <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible, oh, parenting, terrible terrible <laughs> you know they had a cool ship so we'll forgive them yes yes it was it was cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is i've put a picture of it on my little image here because it's my model that i got off eagle model. I, I see it, yeah <laughs> That's the model. it's very good i'm anyway. glad they were assimilated <laughs> <laughs> yeah those parents deserved it <laughs> anyway, um, I'll get into the episode properly then because we've rambled a bit much uh, if nerdiness, oh, yeah, yeah. but that's yeah, what we're here for. <laughs> so there we go. Um, yeah, as you know, we basically, um, I'm just going to hit the episode chronologically and, and hit some key scenes and things and, and try to not to spend too long on every minute detail. But if there's anything mm -hmm. I missed that you wanted to chime in with, feel free, uh, Linda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, go uh, for us. So obviously it starts with the pre-credit sequence, which is the return of the Da Vinci Holo program, only without him there, because they probably couldn't afford John Reese Davies oh, this yeah. week. <laughs> so, um, first thing to note is that Seven of Nine actually has a new outfit replacing the horribly impractical we oh, want to get yes. male viewers on board silver catsuit that they put yeah. her in for like two weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. And and the brown was fine, but not much better. <laughs> Not, yeah, not the better. blue one was probably my favorite. The was bluish and grayish is probably my favorite of the ones they let her be in. So. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Until obviously, until the the lovely blue science uniform that she had for a couple of uh, couple of uh, one episode in relative. Well, yeah, one episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think uh, and, it's and another it's... thing where they've improved it in Picard, haven't they? By giving her actual clothes, you know. Yes, <laughs> and it's so much better. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she rocks that leather jacket, I tell you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. I did say in this scene, I really liked the use of Janeway as the kind of mother mentor figure for humanity, which is mm. obviously what they're going for. Um, yeah. So as we talked about before, she's kind of teaching her, you know, she's, she's getting herself, she's getting seven out of the mindset of like the Borg being all Dilbert cubicle workers and like, no, this <laughs> recreation is irrelevant. We are not efficient or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, she's okay. actually she's actually giving Seven a mindfulness lesson. Which is yeah. cool. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I hadn't considered, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah. yeah, but she's right though. Janeway is right that you know it depends how you look at it, and it helps her stimulate her imagination and relax and free herself yeah. from the burdens. And uh, I like that, you know. But um, yeah. I did say, you know, the Borg being all about efficiency and not having any time for recreation means that they probably have assimilated a couple of former managers of mine by the sound of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I love how kind of funny Jerry Ryan is in these scenes in her innocence because it's like you yeah. said, she she just seems like she can't, she's CBA, shall we say, with Janeway's nonsense. Yeah. And it's like, yes. Oh, try something yeah. with the nose, plop, happy. She is, <laughs> and she's, she is so not bothered, she's poking it, going, What the hell are we doing this for? 
she even gives a like Spock eyebrow at one point. Like, yeah. no, try, try doing something. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. And uh, this is obviously where we get our first hallucinations from the lovely concerning flight foreshadowing that we get when she sees uh, Da Vinci's flying machine. Yeah. Sets up a future episode and this one. So there we go. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, those hallucinations and stuff, those vivid images, they are nightmarish. I was surprised on revisiting this episode just how kind of scary and intense they were because my memory of yeah. them wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, they were scary. And then she's, yeah, and then later on she's like calling Papa and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's Oh, that gets severe. But I mean, it's when it's the fact that it's blurry and it's clearly like it's got some surreal surreality to it, I guess would be the word. And yeah. the Borg yeah. like chasing her down the corridor and they just look just horrible yeah. it's just, it really does recall nightmares for me anyway and i'm like oh this is why, yeah. why was i not bothered this is a 15 year old when i was first <laughs> it, you know yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember being um that scared of it but watching it yeah watching it back it is kind of kind of weird it's kind of weird yeah um yeah. well but really effective and the the whole um i don't know if i'm skipping ahead if they they showed the raven well they did show the raven at this one but the um oh yes yeah, yeah, yeah of course that is that that, that is that's data's dream all over again <laughs> well <laughs> which is actually was that a similar episode you see the raven and it was calling him back to um i know the episode you mean birthright in series yeah. six of tng but I, it's been that long since i saw it all i can remember is that i think it flies out of the little door thing through at the, the, top of the bridge yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was cool but yeah, no, it is. I mean, but that's what nightmares and dreams are like. And obviously the usage of a raven is deliberate since it, you know, to, yeah. to us it signifies death and horrible soul-wrenching yeah. loneliness and stuff thanks to a certain Mr. Poe. <laughs> so, so I think uh, oh, it was yes. yeah, a very deliberate choice because they could have named the ship anything. And I was like, I get exactly why they chose a raven to be that imagery yeah. because, yeah, what would, what would you have to represent? Something literally worse than death, I suppose. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, so then we hit the credits, and then just after that, we are in a scene in sickbay where Seven is just completely in denial about fearing the Borg and like, no, I was raised by them. It's it's fine, and mm. uh, you know, um, she seems to me to have all the hallmarks of somebody with a kind of PTSD who doesn't want to yeah. admit it, uh, yeah. which I think there's a lot of in that episode. Uh, which as yeah, I see, totally. we'll, we'll get into more of it later, but there's definitely a lot of mm. that that uh, it touches in. Um, where was I? And then obviously the Doctor, just some exposition. He tells her, meanwhile, it's time to eat. And he doesn't want to inflict Neelix as cooking on her, but he has no choice. So <laughs> just a sly dig. And uh, this oh, I was love the... this bit. <laughs> what which bit is that? No, I love the the, the Neelix. The Neelix oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get that to there. The only yeah. the only slight issue I have with this episode is that the exposition of the week when Janeway delivers it to Seven is so clunky. It's so clear, like, we have to fill the audience in because it's like Seven's having this deep existential crisis and then Janeway gets called to the bridge and she's like, oh, the Bulma, we have to try and get through their space, but they're not being very quiet. Like, oh, come on, she doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. dear. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, the next scene obviously just jumps us to the conference room and, man, these Bulma suck, don't they? <laughs> they are just, oh, they're they horrible. They are the worst. <laughs> they're so pet they are so petty no you can't yeah. go that way we really like that planet you can't go near it it's, it smells they nice are just and we don't officious <laughs> snotty little punks especially later on yeah. when they're like oh no no we said no was your translator malfunctioning and oh, yeah. like, get him out of the room and then and later on she does cut them off i love when she just hangs <laughs> up on someone <laughs> Oh, yeah, when they're like, uh, this will be an act of war, and she just gives it the whole... Like, yeah, we don't have time <laughs> for this. <laughs> the throat symbol, and yeah, I don't have time for this. 
<laughs> I also love it when she gets to display how much of a badass when she they're like, uh, we, we will do this, we will destroy this bog, and you will just adhere to our rules. And she just goes, escort them off the ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's more controlled than I would have been, but let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. Um, speaking of the next scene, the next scene in the mess hall is probably the scene you were referring to uh, that uh, is quite key to the episode. Um, I did notice in the uh, in the course of my research that Jerry Ryan struggled filming this scene because she mm. said she'd been warned about Ethan Phillips uh, and how kind of <laughs> funny he was, and it was their first interaction. She said that she had to do half the scene looking over his head or looking past him because she had tears rolling down her face just getting through <laughs> one take. So, oh, I want to see the outtakes from that. Yeah. What was he doing? <laughs> oh, he's just funny. But it, yeah, well, he was just, he was like patting his belly or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's a natural comedian. He's he's excellent. He's, a, he's an of... under, underrated character. And yeah, he's the comic relief, but he's brilliant at it. I mean, I know he's quite hated. He's kind of the Wesley Crusher or yeah. whatever. The, the, he tends to be the the focus of fanboy rage, but yeah. I never had an issue with him 90% no. of the time. And he gets some really good episodes. I mean, look at Mortal Coil. Oh, tell me yeah. that that's just the kind of comedy, comic relief guy, but that's deep, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, this scene is, is so good. It's so good. But first, she's yeah. like, oh, your species whatever and you were assimilated and everything yeah. Like, oh, yeah really really okay that's awkward <laughs> I said, yeah that's kind of the disturbing behavior from seven of nine so it already sets you on the back foot but you're like <laughs> he is so patient with her because he probably does like yeah. rightly think she doesn't really she's not trying to be rude it's just kind of yeah the only oh, way great. she knows to relate i suppose but uh yeah again he's more kind of patient than i would perhaps be when she's like we assimilated the freighter of your people they made great drones you know and he's just like yeah. oh lucky for you guys i guess then you know? i know so, yeah. yeah but then he just gets on with it and then he's like really nice to her you know helping her helping her eat for the first time ever yeah i did note as well somebody uh wrote this in one of the errors but it's uh it's such a nitpick i wasn't going to mention it but it is just funny to me that neelix has a like a full conversation about oh it's the first time you've eaten so maybe we'll take it easy and we'll steam it and we won't uh stir fry it and then he proceeds to just stir fry it anyway it's <laughs> not necessarily an error that's just something neelix would do anyway probably just absentmindedly oh, forget <laughs> Silly Neelix. But yeah, it is adorable when he's like, like the little shuttlecraft going into the dock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you chew. It is fully worthy of lower decks, that one sort of. Uh, now you chew and then swallow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Like, and the, she's like, what the hell is swallow? You know? Yeah, like, which just gives him the eyebrow face. again. <laughs> yeah. He makes a, a big swallowing face and she's like, all oh, right. Okay, I'll try. She's great. <laughs> She's great, but I think it really works that um, Seven of Nine being so adorable and this scene being so funny makes it all yeah. the more jarring when the like Borg oh, yeah. implant pops out and she starts behaving yeah. like a Borg in the same scene. I was like, whoa, that... <laughs> I remember at the time yeah. being taken aback by that, and I was like, that really is deliberately, like, woof. That yeah. escalated quickly. <laughs> I know, I know. And I love when she... I love when people just get to act. I love when actors get to act, you know, and not just hmm. say lines that they rehearsed, but to actually, like do things yeah. like that, you know. Definitely. I did feel bad for poor Neelix because he was helping her out and she just pushed him over onto the floor. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> she, oh, she totally did. She could have assimilated. The, uh, that, that was kind of True. close for Neelix. See, he nearly got assimilated. <laughs> well, as we see later, she probably wouldn't have done because she had the chance to with Tuvok and decided not to. So I don't think she would necessarily have went yes. that far, hopefully. Well, if she was going <laughs> to assimilate either of them, it would have been Neelix. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, yeah, because his dense musculature or whatever would have oh, yeah. made <laughs> 
Yeah, you will make an excellent <sighs> drone. Exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. There's a little bit of uh, nonsense with the Bomar anyway, and then we cut to the corridors where there's a little hint of perhaps that initial uh, idea for it when Seven of Nine starts marching like an old Terminator or whatever through the mm -hmm. corridors, and she's not flinching as she just deflects shields with uh, deflects bullets or whatever, or phases with her mm -hmm. Borg shields. Uh, and this is this is um sorry sorry this is again oh, like um data going rogue seven's going da seven's going uh, data <laughs> <laughs> well there's no such thing as an original idea especially in the same franchise i guess yeah but but, but uh, i love it i i don't have a problem with that <laughs> oh i love it as well she looks she looks yeah. badass just not i mean yeah to not flinch or whatever and uh, she just yeah, they're like she's accessing the armor armor locker, and she comes around the corner with a big phaser rifle. You're like, yes. she looks amazing holding that phaser rifle. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In a something I didn't know was there in me. I was like, I hate guns. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh wait, they can but... they can look like that. Yeah, okay. I like them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, even the the calm way she's like force field. Nope, just beam through the yes, force field yep, to the show. Yep, yep. And then it's actually a really good special effect when uh, they try to like keep the door shut and she just blasts a shuttle-shaped hole through it and just flies out that thing. Yeah. If you're my whoever has to repair that door now. <laughs> it's it's probably the dots. It's fine. The dots will do it. <laughs> oh, my God. There's dots everywhere secretly that we never saw. Oh, exactly. what if it was? Who repairs the hole? The dots. You never see them. You never see them repairing the hole. That's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, just unbelievable the way she was uh, just calmly and measuredly. She took out security officers. She busted mm -hmm. through every defense and broke through the door. I mean, I've heard people react badly to Neelix's meals, but that's pretty ridiculous. I mean, that's an overreaction <laughs> if I've ever heard of one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The next scene, I have to mention this because I just couldn't, again, speaking of the Bomar and how they got away with so much, they outright called Janeway and the crew incompetent. They question mm. her competence, and I was like, "What? The, what are these guys? Are they just How like dare you? They're like every annoying freaking superior or coworker you've ever had. That's like, no, yeah. no, don't do like that. Oh, again, yeah. it's nice that Jimmy reasserts here. You're on my ship, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and then like they they were there the whole time, and they're still going. You've unleashed a rogue Borg, and no, you you know what happened. You're just saying that to be annoying they question the competence <laughs> that you couldn't deal with it yeah why don't you try and deal with it Bo, yeah, exa boy? exactly exactly <laughs> it's a rogue borg what am i supposed to do <laughs> exactly, yeah. awesome uh -huh. um yeah the next scene uh, takes place in cargo bay 2 which has obviously been seven's room for either two months or three weeks mm -hmm. we don't know <laughs> and uh this you probably love the the bit about torres basically ripping it out of oh, harry for his obvious yes. crush yes <laughs> But I, I also love that they are desperately searching for any clue to where this dangerous Borg may be going. But no, Balanad makes a joke and Harry laughs and oh, ha, 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 what are you? It's what are you totally in character for Balanad though. I mean, she's still doing her job, but she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah you sounded very interested, <laughs> Harry. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, hey, oh, we we have a working relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What does that yeah. mean? But, uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, again, your relationship was... works. <laughs> exactly. Again, <laughs> if I was nitpicky, they do kind of find convenient Borg tech of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And it's not yeah, even necessary because it's just log entries, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but why was Balana's tricorder making a beep beep sound going, you know, what this is what you're looking for, Balana. It's over here. But she's just like randomly scanning and she, you know, the tricorder is like over here, you're getting warmer. It's just it's, a random thing, you know. Knowing Balana, she just typed in diary 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, let's find the nearest, yeah. most private thing we can find. Yeah, 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 yeah. Computer, um, find, find Seven's diary. We're going to read it. Which I mean, basically, what it is, it's log entries and stuff. But yeah, um, it kind of bugs me. There's not even a discussion about like, is it fair to read this? It's like, no, Harry. Yeah, go they're <laughs> always doing that. They always do that to people. <laughs> yeah. And even how he says later on, doesn't he, in like a future scene, he's like, there's lots of uh, references to me in there. Yeah. I was like, were you looking yeah. specifically? You looked, you, you typed Harry in the search bar, didn't you? Didn't you? <laughs> Harry came and then just, there are 1,000 yeah. references, but they're all negative. <laughs> oh, he's cool. Yeah. Um, we briefly get Chakotay remarking that the Bormar have increased their shield strength around their space because they're, as we said, the worst. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, him and uh, Jane may get into a turbo lift. And there's a really good kind of argument here. And it's to me, I liked it because it was an interesting continuation of their debate in Scorpion, which I liked, mm -hmm. um, which had Chakotay kind of like, we can't work with the Borg, they'll never be trusted, which again is, in terms of his character, is a nice bit of continuity from what happened to him yeah. in the Series 3 episode, Unity. When he was mm -hmm. like betrayed by the Borg cooperative or whatever they were called. So I was like, mm -hmm. see, this is good writing because it brings in stuff that you could know about without having to. It gives yeah. them a little chance to kind of bash heads with each other. And uh, it, it tells you everything about Jamie's character that she's just like, I, I refuse to believe that she was interacting for the first time. And I, I, I'm not willing to accept that she isn't, you know, that she, she's yeah. just a Borg at her core and she'll never be trusted. So. Okay, that's awesome. And again, Kate Mulgrew just plays it in such a way that you can tell she's fully invested. It's played yeah. to like, wow, I can sense the emotion here. At least I think, yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah, and then she she comes out with use any force necessary. So, you know, it's still yeah. early enough. It's early enough in their relationship that she's like, yeah, we can still kill her if we really need to. You know. <laughs> yeah, kind of see she was. I mean, it's so it's very subtle, but it's like she didn't want to give that order. It was yeah, purely because yeah, yeah. she was she was sending Tuvok, who, as we know, is her like number one guy mm. and it's like if she's gonna be you know putting up any kind of force and start killing people yeah mm. just take her out you know, we don't have a choice yep. but, uh, <laughs> yeah that's fair enough because obviously they have uh they, they get told by the doctor they can her nanoprobes or whatever are starting to reactivate more but he has a convenient hypo spray that'll stop them but someone has to get oh close. yeah obviously um, of course i mean it's it's there's started. a hypo spray for everything <laughs> 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 you're not wrong but again it's just you know you may as well just have them turn up in sick bay and have the doctor go techno bubble techno bubble cure <laughs> works for me yep so, the other thing that i noticed personally in here is um she sends like obviously they can't get through the shield so they have to send a shuttle because again in typical star trek fashion that'll work it's smaller yeah, mm -hmm. yeah whatever i'll just buy that one <laughs> um but i was like how come janeway didn't go herself if she's so invested in Seven of Nine. Like, yeah. I get she perhaps wants to watch out for the Bormar, but they're not inside their space, and she's sending two of her officers in there. And yeah, like, I, 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 maybe that would anger them even more if she went, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it was, it, again, there's reasons are that she wasn't written to be doing it, and that's, you know, the real-world reason. But I, was, I don't buy that she mm. wouldn't personally be invested enough to go on this mission. Yeah. But... Yep. Yeah. They, they had two. I mean, they, they had... Well, they, they needed... Um, no, they needed it to be. They needed it to be Tuvok to give her to give him a chance with Seven because uh, mm. you know he's strong enough to be a, you know to be able to take on Seven. So if if Janeway were beamed over, she'd have her knocked out in two seconds. 
Yeah, I suppose that's that's where it kind of makes sense because she wouldn't be the one that beamed over it. Would be Tuvok who would be with her yeah. anyway. So what she'd be doing would be sitting in the shuttle, and she's not as good a yeah. pilot as Paris. She, she so. exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. That makes Let's sense on that logical level. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> or alternatively, she just doesn't trust Chakotay when there's a chance they're going to be fired on by the Boma. It's like I'm not. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, where are we? So then we uh, have seven of nine in the shuttle, and again. These visions just so trippy and so nightmarish. It gets really more intense, and we start to see the just random man and woman being dragged off and screaming, and mm. a, a screaming Borg that makes way to the screaming bird. And I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is again! I, I, how did I not remember this? How was I not having nightmares about this for weeks afterwards?" You know? Yeah, but, uh, it was pretty freaky. It's very, uh, very intense, mm. but. The Bomar, being the worst, just decide they're going to try and attack Seven Shuttle, which is pretty silly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Seven just stomps the whole lot of them like a dance floor during a line dancing class. Just completely <laughs> takes them out. And, uh, yep. But I did note, it's, again, it's such a nitpick, but I did note that this guy, this Bomar, who's apparently in a ship taking her down, was clearly just filmed against the, the Voyager wall in the conference room because it's <laughs> zoomed in and it just looks like the same wall. <laughs> Like, to be fair, why would they build a set for a ship for no reason? But it just, oh, yeah. it always struck me for me the moment I first watched it. I was like, is he back on Voyager? What's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, Shuttle 2, which is the one with Paris and Tuvok, detects the fight but notes that there's no casualties because Seven of Nine's been watching the A team, apparently. <laughs> Zap and kill as many people, or supposedly kill as many people, and they'll just walk away. So there we go. Um, Tuvok has to beam in because it's the only way he can get close to her, but she basically uses Uno Reverse to give him the Vulcan neck pinch. So. <laughs> Uno Reverse, yeah. I love that. But, right, okay. So how does she know a Vulcan neck pinch? Is it because... But the Borg would know it, wouldn't they? Because they'd have assimilated the knowledge from any Vulcan. There. Okay, so if they have assimilated the Vulcans, then why does she say, your species, blah, 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 your distinctiveness will be added? And she stopped herself. But I, she's already saying she's, that... Uh, she's referring what, to him as an us? individual person will be added. I don't think she's referring uh, to Vulcan. Okay, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm, okay. In my head, it was, it was that. She was meaning you personally will be added because you're okay. a great example of this species. Or alternatively, the writers just didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, 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 okay. But I, I I love when other people use Vulcan neck pinch. I oh, love it. It happens entirely too often because I know Data definitely was able <laughs> yeah, to use Data, it. Yeah, well. Data, Picard did it, and the Doctor <laughs> did it. I think. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, but but that, it was it was always a great um a great reason that they knew it. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. I just like the idea of where it came from as well, that Leonard Nimoy was just like, Spock would not be doing Kung Fu and rubbish. He would do something <laughs> that would just immediately... And I was like, yeah. to be fair, he's right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apart, apart from that whole Vulcan martial art that they're supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. But, I mean, in terms of the character, though, he wouldn't... It would look yeah. silly if he was giving everyone the Kirk double-handed punch and, and stuff <laughs> instead of just like, nope, go down. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, I love this uh, this next scene, which is the conversation between Seven and Tuvok, when yeah. she's basically, as, as I touched on earlier, she's like, I want to simulate you. I want you to go back and thank yeah. Jamie for all she's done. And he sort of says, what you're displaying here is affection and sentiment, traits of humanity, hardly Borg. And mm. Yes, it, he's, we're cracking the mystery and we're also getting a bit of character here for both of them. Because I think yeah. this is the first time that Tuvok and Seven had interacted as well. So mm -hmm. there's a great little... Um, introduction to their relationship and how he doesn't like regard her as a security threat even though he's a security officer he's mm -hmm. very and it, i think it's it's quite a good 
development of his character because I can't imagine first season Tuvok being this kind of compassionate, I guess, in a way, and sort yeah. of listening to her and wanting to go with her to the surface to find out what's happening. So Yes, but I, I, I also must say that I ship Seven and Tuvok because they, <laughs> they, they totally get each other. They totally get each other. Well, they have now both been fully assimilated by the book, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. The only other note I've made here is that Jerry Ryan is just outstanding, um, mm. playing the kind of the fear and wrestling with that versus whatever this Borg urge is and yeah. her level of curiosity for what's happening. So I completely buy it. I mean, it's in the dialogue, but I totally buy it when she's like, I'm I'm terrified, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. And Tuvok yeah. tells her, well, you don't have to do this. And she says, no, once, once I'm back in the collective, the fear will go. Mm. And I'm like, you, you can sense the actual pull and the struggle which is not yeah. an easy thing to play for an actor because you're playing like two or three emotions at once. So yeah. well, I think she's, she's great. She, yeah, she took off with that character. She's brilliant. And and I I, I often look at her and to Paul and they were cast for obvious reasons. And yeah. I just love that they, they took those characters and made them so amazing and and. Yeah, they said, weren't cast because they were great actors, but conveniently and yeah. thankfully they were both great they actors. Absolutely, yeah, they absolutely we were. <laughs> and I think uh, I think T'Pol is all, also an underrated Vulcan. I think she is a top tier Vulcan, and she she's one of my favorites as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So didn't love the uh, series three plot. The whole kind of she's got emotions because she's a heroin addict or whatever. They tried to do with that, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I've had some weird moments. Let's be yeah. Fair. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally weird. Uh, anyway, off topic, but we, we head yeah. back to the the Voyager. Oops, uh, to the cargo bay where Jane is doing her best. You know, FBI profile getting into her head a bit by just pretending to regenerate mm -hmm. the alcohol. Um, <laughs> and this is when we get Harry obviously coming back and say, talking about how he, he's read the logs, looking for a reference to him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, this is obviously you've said it's it's awesome when we get the final reveal, um, yeah. because she's like, you know, there's this bird that she keeps mentioning in her dreams, and again, Kate Mulgrew plays it really well. But when she's like, yeah, it sounds like a member of the the COVID family, like a, a crow or, or a raven. Oh, <laughs> he was describing a raven. Why is that important? Now I know what to look for. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's an awesome kind of eureka moment, and she's still ahead of the audience. Yay. Yeah, Janeway was just, just kind of left instead of going, oh, Harry, that's the coincidence because Seven's ship was called the Raven. And now we know <laughs> to look for, you know, she just kind of stormed off. <laughs> you know, they must, they, they just must think Janeway is absolutely nuts because she keeps just leaving. Time is of the essence. She hasn't trailing. got time. Trailing. Trailing off. <laughs> I mean, she's okay, not okay. one for clarity of orders because then she marches onto the bridge and says, look for any Federation signature other than our two shots, yeah. Captain. And just do she, it. Then, yeah, I know. Chakotay's like, Captain. Just do it. <laughs> Maybe if you explained everything while they're scanning, you know, like exactly, just, yeah. oh, it's mysterious. But it you know keeps the pace going, I suppose, so we forgive it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And again, I do like again that they're ahead of she's ahead of the audience because we don't know what yeah. the significance of a raven is yet either. But it gives you yeah. a great moment when we do find that out. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Good. So Seven Shuttle has landed on this moon. Uh, which is incidentally the same uh, location they used in Basics. Which once I read that, I was like, "Oh, now that's all I'm going to be able to see because it clearly is, isn't it?" <laughs> oh, yeah. I assumed it was just Planet Hell. 
Yeah, probably yeah. exactly. Yeah, just re yeah, just is, redressed. It probably, to be fair, it probably is. <laughs> I didn't look deep yeah. enough into it, but yeah. I know there's a lot of CGI enhancement and stuff to make it look yeah. like a, a bigger vista or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, and um, and I I do have another nitpick, and I know that you know they don't do this in much in Star Trek, but you know it's always a coincidence that something has crashed on an M class moon or an M class yeah. planet. <laughs> yes, they, exactly. They, they never bother with EVA suits or any anything like they just beam down and they just trust their sensors that there's oxygen they shouldn't they at least just put on it some kind of a helmet or a breathing device just in case just in case there's any kind of weird gas (laughs) it's always like an uninhabited moon as well it's not like oh this partially assimilated ship just crashed into someone's house and killed three yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that's fine just a cliff yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll let that go. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Uh, it's speaking of that though. It's fantastic character work. I think when Seven is so uncertain and Tuvok is like so compassionate about like I'll go with you. No, you'll mm. be assimilated. No, I don't think I will. There's more going on here. Um, mm. So obviously they they discover the partially assimilated Raven, uh, which we we don't get much of it. Just like a crumbly yeah. sort of front section that we see. But um, inside the Raven, the visions become really extreme. And, uh, yeah, it's very kind of emotional and uh, affecting when you see the horror of young Annika's abduction. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah, you, she's heartbreaking, Jerry, when she whispers, Papa, yeah. <laughs> as you mentioned, when she's a like, Papa. And then the yep. way that she completely regresses to a six-year-old when she's explaining what happened to Tuvok. Yeah. Oh, so I, I wish I could act anything as well as she did that. But the way oh. she's like... Um, She's was, amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was my birthday, and there were five candles and one to grow on, and then the men came, and I was like, oh, she's breaking my absolute heart in this yeah. scene, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the fact that she caps that off by literally lapsing at the end of that sort of whole paragraph explanation into then I became bored, and then just complete yeah. stony-faced and yeah, matter-of-fact yeah. about it again, and I was like, oh, that would be yeah, kind of how the, it happened as well. Wouldn't it? <laughs> you know? The fact that she remembered that first she was really scared and the men came and then she was Borg and she remembered next the next thing that happened was she was Borg. So she probably yeah. just instantly got the, the collective voice in her head and everything was clear and everything, you know, she probably remembers the exact yeah. second, you know. That's what I mean. It's so it's so almost more jarring that it's like she's not yeah. emotionally affected. It's like, oh, it's horrible. The men came. Then I was Borg. Everything was yeah. calm. And it was like... Yeah. Oh, that's so chilling. It's like, mm. I don't and, think it would be better that she was traumatized, I suppose. For yeah. Longer, but, yeah. And in a way, like, in a way, they being assimilated helped her by not, you know, mm. she wasn't scared anymore. And she felt part of something and she was instantly exactly. not a scared kid anymore. But it's, you know, it's kind of, not good. did her a favor, but not something we'd recommend. Yeah. Weird, yeah. weird Borg therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't just shut off your emotions if you're dealing with trauma. It's never good. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, there is a quick scene of them turning off whatever this signal is that's been guiding Seven inside of the Raven, because that turns out to have been the reason for the uh, implants popping out and her signal being led there. Uh, the mm. Bomar decide they're going to just fire on this uninhabited moon where the ship is, because, come on, mm. these guys, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Tuvok and Seven do their best jukes of hazard to escape from whatever little uh, opening they make mm-hmm. in the shuttle, and uh, they head oh, back. The, and the, the the pieces of debris are the spongiest mm. I've ever seen. They're just oh, bouncing yeah. <laughs> around the place. Seven, help me. We must get rid of these yeah. convenient-looking yeah. oh, rocks and metal girders effort, that bend on me. <laughs> effort noises, but it's just bouncing. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's good acting. Talking. If you can, if you can make that look heavy, that's good acting. <laughs> 
Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. But uh, I do love um, this is a story kind of uh, praise, I guess. But I love that after Voyager's been shortcutting its way for the last few episodes, I love that basically the Bomar are just like having none of it. And Jamie's like, once the shuttle gets on board, just take us the long way. We're not going to have any shortcuts this time. And I was like, yeah. that's a really brave decision by the writers because, like I said, they've been like, we've just jumped ten thousand years because of Kess, and we've broken mm. off another little, yeah. this shortcut <laughs> and stuff. And I was like, it wouldn't be like that realistically. There would be times when you'd be like, nope, that shortcut's not yeah. going to work. So, yeah, not today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, awesome. So just to finish the episode, then we head back to the same holodeck program, and Seven of Nine is uh, mentioning to Jamie that her imagination is kind of alive and well now when she's considering the possibilities of what would her and her parents' lives have been like if they hadn't been assimilated by the Borg. Uh, mm. And Jamie points out that she could discover it for herself because they found her parents' logs and they are there for her to read anytime. And Seven says she might one day, but it'll probably be during that cool two-parter in season five, so she'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I will someday when we're when we've run out of story ideas. I'll do that <laughs> next time. We hit sweeps and we have to have a big Borg two bar. I'll read them then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it does make me want to watch Dark Frontier though, because as I said, it ties in so yeah. well to this um, yeah. from my memory of it. So it does make me want to. But yeah, just Seven of Nine developing into that level of now she she's just beginning to imagine possibilities and she's listening to Janeway's mentorship and yeah, it's yeah. such a great way to end it that there's some humanity there so that this trauma wasn't yep. for nothing i guess and yep. uh yeah there we go so <laughs> um any oh. last thoughts before i hit the next kind of piece of the the review then um no that, that that's my thoughts i love it's just great i love this episode and I, i'm awesome. thank you for giving me the, the the choice of uh of this one because that's okay yeah <laughs> i mean it was I, it fit the theme i love so it fine. yeah awesome. it could have been one that i absolutely um, hate and i just ran for the whole <laughs> oh, I've, I've done that for a couple of weeks uh, of the of the last few because it wouldn't be fair for me to just pick things that I love. So as people will have heard by now, I wasn't a fan of Unimatrix Zero or the Picard episode mm. Stardust City Rag. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> we shall see if I th think this one was better. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so what I've been doing, if you haven't been listening then this season, is just for a little bit of extra flavour at the end of the review, um, I was be I have been asking my guests for their favourite character, scene and line of dialogue from the episode. Um, I know it's very on the spot because I haven't told you about this in advance. But if you had to, mm -hmm. to name those, what would you what would you say? Favorite character, first of all. Um, am I allowed to say seven? <laughs> exactly what I've said. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, seven. I'll go with seven. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, I said the same seven slash Annika because, of course, the writing uh -huh. and the acting makes you invested and yeah. makes you really care. So, <laughs> yeah. For all the reasons we've said, she's, she acts it really well, and it's all about her, so, of course. Um, so what's your favourite scene of the episode? It would be definitely the mess hall, um, Neelix. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's <laughs> yeah, and I know it's 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 not in the, the character of the episode in, you know, in, in, no, it is. in general, it's but it's, it's all, yeah. It's, I, I, it's I can totally favorite. respect that. I, I said that my, my favourite was the, the literal and emotional payoff on The Raven, uh, when yeah. she reveals what happened and it's, it all kind of comes together. But mm. you're not wrong. That mess hall scene was something I definitely should have given more consideration to because it is great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, comedy's harder to do a lot of times than drama, isn't it? So respect oh, yeah. to that. And uh, what did you have a favourite line in the episode? You know, I I did. Um, I for Now, I wasn't prepared. To, but I... Verbatim, but <laughs> but to, in the shuttlecraft, Tuvok asks her why she's doing something 
And her reply is, I am Borg. <laughs> and that was it. Like, she just got it's like, I, I am Groot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, just, no, I'm not going to be able to ever hear one. that line without thinking of that. <laughs> It's just it means nothing and it means everything. You know, I am bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great when they do that when um, it's in Scorpion Part 2 and uh, no, your, your weapons lack the range and cohesive range. I suppose you have a better idea. We are Borg. <laughs> Two bucks like, naturally. <laughs> yep, not a yes or a no, it's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I've written my line down because uh, I wanted to give it the full respect it was due. So mm-hmm. mine is by seven of nine, but it is... No, I will not assimilate you. Once I return to the collective, you will go back to Voyager and tell Captain Janeway what's happened to me. Thank her for her patience, for her kindness. I was like, oh, that's such a perfect summation of the episode mm. as well. Like, I'm being dragged away yeah. by these robot cyborg things, but there's such humanity in there that she does. And it yeah. was such a huge moment because at the time she she was like, no, stop doing this to me. I want to go back to the Borg. And this was the first time that she was like, no, I, I note that you are being very patient and very kind. And I was like, yeah. yes, that's exactly that what was, we need more yeah. of. <laughs> and that was, that was, because I I've, I've keep comparing this to Data going rogue and he's just completely, <laughs> you know, automaton, but she's, you know, she's like that to begin with, but then she turns around and she's, you know, I, I know mm. I'm being kind of, kind of bold here and I'm, I'm, you know, but just tell Janeway, I'm sorry, you know, thanks for yeah. everything, you know, instead of just being a, a Terminator and just heading yeah. straight there and. You know, exactly. Guess, yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. Um, yeah. Right. And so the, the very next section, as you may well remember from last season, which is my just middle finger to all the people that say, it's not real Star Trek after the whole the abandonment of Gene's vision. So it's a section that <laughs> I call Gene's vision. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, with this episode specifically in mind, do you have anything that you think from here that fits into what might be categorized as the great Gene's vision ideology of Star Trek? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, well, the Janeway, Janeway giving giving Seven a chance, um, mm. trying to get her, well, not trying to get her humanity back, but helping her. You know, acknowledging helping that it's her. there she, as well, refusing yeah. to acknowledge that it's not as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that would sum it up. And let me just think what else happened in the episode that would, yeah, no, the rest, yeah. So the rest is kind of along the same lines. So, yeah. yeah it's all in service to that idea, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I said the same thing, basically, yeah, two bucks compassion, Janeway's support, Seven's genuine seeming gratitude and it being all about her humanity, which is basically a long-winded way of saying exactly what you did, it's all about that sort of story, Um, but also the way that it uses sci-fi to examine a deep issue, so it's using the kind of Borg as a lens here for PTSD and childhood trauma, um, Mm. which you might could not necessarily notice, and maybe I'm just sort of seeing stuff that isn't there and being long-winded, but I think it's a little bit of that, you know? Yeah, agree. Cool. So, uh, right. So then just to finish off the episode review, uh, I will get to the audience response afterwards, but um, the next bit would be the conclusion and your score out of five uh, Star Trek. Five. So, now now go first and give me yours. Uh, my score out of five? Well, your uh, conclusion, if you have one, oh. just like in the last Oh, my conclusion. Score out of five. Uh, uh, I loved it that it was a, a seven development episode. Uh, mm. I... I kind of half disagree that they were uh trying to move too fast with her I did but, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah um uh and I, I I I also think like if she had done this without the whole homing beacon thing and she was just trying to get back to the Borg I don't think that would mm. have been in in character no. but per episode six I think she's you know I think she's moving on 
So it was, yeah, it was good. Like, it was kind of like a, a bump in the road for her to move past being a Borg. And suddenly, oh, crap, I, I want to go back. But she didn't really want to go back. So, yeah. Um, and out of five, I will give it a five. Awesome. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> my conclusion's a bit long-winded, but I just had a lot of thoughts that I wanted to get down. So uh, I just said, I think this is a fantastic example of a character study that remains compelling, affecting, and never boring. The Borg is sci-fi allegory for PTSD are treated with the kind of respect and presence that that requires, with the hallucination scenes particularly being exceptionally portrayed and perfectly nightmarish. Uh, likewise, mm -hmm. the performances throughout are flawless, but none are more effective than Jerry Ryan, um, especially when she regresses to childhood trauma at the episode's end and the weight that brings to it. Uh, it's commendable this episode adds depth and backstory to this new crew member, and it's completely in service of character and story, not cheap in any way or exploitative for easy effect. Um, I didn't even mind the aliens of the week, though they are the weakest thing here, since they function as mm -hmm. annoying obstacles as well defined and played <laughs> in such a way that we do find them irritating. Uh, they also provide the wonderfully subversive ending, which is brave enough not to give our heroes another win, because everything is very real in this episode, including consequences. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's expert direction, enough action to keep you entertained, and a compelling, well-written mystery. Uh, but the episode really soars, no pun intended, when its emotional core is revealed, investing you in the characters and making you care. Tightly plotted, fantastically scripted, exceptionally acted, premium Star Trek, in my opinion. Uh, I also mm. gave it five out of five. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to have to grab a calculator to work out this average, aren't I? So, <laughs> hang on, five out of five. Oh, yeah, the average would be, the overall score for the podcast would be five out of five. No way. <laughs> and a perfect score. Only the third episode, I believe, to ever get the coveted <laughs> perfect score. Um, story yes. deserved. Happy with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even it's not even the best episode of, of Voyager, and it's still five out of five. <laughs> I don't know that mm. that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. No, yeah. it, right, you know, I couldn't. I couldn't. There's no way I could take a points for anything. So no, exactly. Know. It's just great at what it does. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not flashy and it's not like action packed or whatever, but it's great at what it does and it, it does it well. So awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to move us into the next section then, which is the basically the audience interaction, or as I like to call it, just to be geeky, subspace communication. Incoming transmission. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I do have some things from social media, but there wasn't a lot. So um, this was a weird one because I was able to find a ton of uh, audience interaction from more famous sources. So bear with me as I go through them. <laughs> um, I just thought it was interesting because some episodes I find nothing about and some it's been rated by like a million publications. So... Um, Cine Fantastique rated this episode 3 out of 4 stars. Star Trek oh. Magazine scored the episode 4 out of 5 stars. The unauthorized reference book Delta Quadrant gave it 6 out of 10. Harsh. Huh. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Writer James Swallow once referred to this episode as excellent. Uh, Jerry Ryan said that The Raven is one of her favorite episodes, along with Revulsion, Hunter's Prey, and The Killing Game. Ian Gray at RogerEbert.com noted that the Raven offered a metaphor-rich engagement with childhood violence and memory. They point out Seven's story as an example of child abuse survival, which they suggest can be an inspiration to audiences that had childhood trauma. Mm. Fair enough. Um, in 2014, IO9 rated the Raven as the 75th best episode of any Star Trek and stated it was one of the best episodes about Seven of Nine. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, in 2016, Sci-Fi Wire ranked it the 11th best episode out of the 22 episodes Brian Fuller wrote for Star Trek, remarking this examination of Seven's origins and drama is a little slow, but what it lacks in pacing it more than sufficiently makes up for in character building, with great performances from the cast, especially Jerry Ryan. They also recommended the episode for their Seven of Nine binge watch guide in 2019. 
Uh, likewise, in 2020, Bustle recommended this as one of seven episodes to watch as background for Picard, saying it was good for Seven of Nine's background. And in mm -hmm. 2020, Gizmodo listed this episode as one of the must-watch episodes from season four of Voyager. So, okay, fairly uh, fairly positive, I would say overall. <laughs> yeah, except that six one. out of ten. What the hell was that? <laughs> I know, right? That was that was shocking, <laughs> completely shocking. But uh, yep. So yeah, let me just go. I only have one uh, one thing um, from the audience interactions. I thought I had a little more, but I guess not. Um, and it's from um, Adrienne, who's guested on the podcast uh, at least a couple of times now, um, or at El Park Tucker Two, who said, um, "I loved learning Seven's backstory." Number one, she sounded like Annika when she said, I don't know, after she froze, staring at Leonardo's wings. Uh, and number two, Tim Russ is the perfect surrogate father to her as she's cowering on the raven. Uh, and mm. number three, Jane Way is a great mentor. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she just says, I heart Tim Russ. <laughs> I think, yeah, I heart Tim Russ. Tagged him in that as well. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> indeed. But uh, yeah, awesome. So that will conclude our thoughts then on uh, the Raven. And suffice to say, uh, we we both thought it was a bit lacking. Could have done it. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> that was an, an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for joining me again, Linda, for this series. Yeah, thank and, you for uh, having me. Awesome. Uh, hopefully, you've had a good time. <laughs> yes, yeah, always have a good time talking about Star Trek, and especially Seven of oh, Nine. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, great. So, um, this is your chance then to plug uh, your social medias or any other podcasts or anything you've, you're working on, if you like. Uh, I'm not really doing much at the moment, but you can find me at hen and a hat one on Twitter and hen and a hat on Instagram. And I have a awesome. YouTube, YouTube channel as well, hen in a hat. Grand. And uh, you do have an Etsy store and things, yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, you'll find links if you follow my instructions that I just gave you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I uh, recommend Etsy, that because it's yeah. great looking stuff. But... I'm, I'm usually hen and a hat. I'll just type it hen and a hat. You'll Google me. I don't know. I'll pop up somewhere. <laughs> But, uh, if you if you are in getting in contact with Linda, no discovery season four spoilers. Okay, no, you will be you will be blocked and airlocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, this was a, re a really good episode, if I do say so. So I've had a really good time. Uh, you can find me, of course, at Ian Mike Wilson on Twitter or my name most of the places. The podcast is at HOM Trek or Hom Trek, uh, where you can find links to all of our episodes and things. And uh, yeah, this series I think has been going uh, very interestingly. We've had a very a good mix of episodes, and uh, they've all kind of fit the theme quite well. So next week we're moving away from the Borg again uh, into another very famous AI who may have come up a couple of times this episode. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing the episode "The Measure of a Man," and uh, oh. I'm going to be joined <laughs> by uh, I may be joined by a couple of guests. I've had some interest by a couple of people, but I definitely will be joined by I think Captain Janie, who's agreed to come on. Um, so look out for that one and. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Linda. Really, really do appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to join us here at Talk Trek. Mm, and, no uh, problem. Thank you so much. Awesome. And in the meantime, uh, viewers and listeners, remember, we are Starfleet. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.